If I asked you for a surefire way to make your next Sunday morning service a thousand times better, not only for you, but for the whole church. I mean, you walk in and you can tell there is a difference here this morning. This church service is off the hook. It's got to be a thousand times better than any other church service I've been to. The answer would be simple. Do you know what it is? Well, that's where we're going today. Wake the faith up, Slayer, Garth Heckman, David Alliance. Hope you're having a great weekend so far. Uh, Week, sorry. That's how tired I am. I I guess it is the week. It's Tuesday. Sorry. Hey, reach out to me and tell me what day it is for you at tdagiantslayer at gmail.com. Love to hear from you. Uh, Always, always good to have you pick my brain as I pick yours. And again, uh, Frank, you sent me a question Send it to me again. I, I told you I didn't quite understand it. I want to answer it. So I will get back to you. Maybe not immediately, but I will get back to you. Hey, we're covering the things that are going to be the biggest challenges in 2024 for the church. And what does that matter to you? Because if it affects the church, it's going to affect you, especially if you have kids that are now the age where they're beginning to understand and comprehend and be involved in church, it will affect you even greater. So yesterday we talked about the first three. I'm going to hit up a couple more, but let's jump right into it. What's one of the biggest things that's facing the church as a problem in 2024 moving forward? That's hiring and or empowering qualified pastors, elders, or overseers. Look, the list of qualifications are crystal clear at 1 Timothy 3, 1 through 7, Titus 1, 5 through 9, and they really deal with two things, character and teaching ability. First, For a man to be qualified as a pastor or elder or overseer, he must be able to know and teach correct doctrine. And in the Greek, it means he's not only teaching it, he's teaching it through his own experience, meaning you live it and you do it and you teach it. And second, he must meet a lengthy list of character requirements. And why are qualified pastors, elders, overseers, why are they harder and harder to find? Well, let's look at what we have to choose from, right? In the church, Well over 90% of all men look at porn. 60% or more have had uh, a vacillating or changing biblical doctrine, beliefs, or mindset regarding family, sex, morality. And the majority of pastors in today's world, even the pastors as Christians, didn't keep their virginity until marriage. So the crop from which to choose from is dismal. And in the face of, of who's out there and society, the crop in which to choose from is shrinking dramatically. Number four, discipling church members. This is a huge challenge because people think that discipleship is something other than it's not. Discipleship really is mentoring. But let's, uh, let's jump in. Discipling is not your Sunday morning service, which is what most people get at best. Even if they're consistent, it's not a lot. Most Christians honestly are discipled more by their Snapchat or their Instagram or their Facebook posts with the little funny verses and the Bible's quotes and, and oh, that means so much to me. When was the last time you heard a conversation where someone actually said, well, this is what the Bible says. I'm always, I stop in my tracks when I hear that now. When someone says, well, let me tell you what the Bible says, I always stop. Uh, even if they're not having a conversation with me, I just stop and go, wow. Maybe this guy really does know his Bible. And when he does, I'm even shocked more. Look, churches lack solid Bible study. And by that, I don't mean Bible study 
Bible study. I mean, they actually study the Bible. They don't just look at a Bible study book or a DVD or a video or a YouTube channel or a social media post, or, but they actually pick up their Bibles. They understand how to parse, how to compare, how to study scriptures. One problem is that people don't know uh, the tools and, and how to study the Bible, or, or they even have access to them. And by the way, the internet is a poor choice for a tool when it comes to true Bible study. You need to understand the different portions of Scripture, history, prophecy, uh, you know, end times. There's just all these things that you need to know in order to best understand Scripture, to study it, and most churches aren't even going after that. Now, let's hit the last one, adopting and defending sexual purity. I know if you listen to this podcast, this is something I hit off and on quite a bit. And I've often said that the number one indicator if you're a true follower of Christ is your sexual purity. So many people are Christians, and yet they sleep around, they look at porn, they masturbate, they do all these different things, and yet they think it's okay for whatever reason. Maybe you're sleeping with your girlfriend because you're engaged or you're in love or you're going to get married. What a poor example of who Christ is and what he calls us to in our own sexual purity. Sexual purity refers to God's sanctioned sexual conduct. That which he says is allowed is right. Excuse me, I'm getting choked up. That which he says is allowed or pure or right in his sight. And that would simply be sexual conduct between a man and a woman within the confines of marriage. That's called a covenant. We covered that. That's what it is. But sexual morality uh, and the failure to preach and teach these values and ethics in the church according to scripture, are causing a massive host of problems throughout the world, but specifically in the church. Look, when was the last time you heard a hard sermon on sexual conduct outside of marriage, adultery, homosexuality, divorce, social media appetite, what are you looking at? Or about predatorial behaviors, abuse or seduction or manipulation, rape, pedophilia, intentional failing to report criminal sexual misconduct, intentional cover-ups of sexual abuse, intentional hiring of sexual miscreants, selfish or poor sexual practices in marriage, or you whitewash sex sins outside of marriage from an abuse of the understanding of love. These are heavy topics. When was the last time your pastor got up and preached on them from a biblical perspective? And you know why most don't? Because it's uncomfortable and they don't want to offend people and maybe even them in their own conscience, they're guilty of it. So as we move forward, in the things that are facing the church in 2024 and the challenges, you say, well, how does the church change? It starts with you, my friend. You know the old saying, the best way to change the world is to first change yourself. That's what I'm calling you to. If you want to be the change that the church needs, the change that the world needs, then you, my friend, need to look in the mirror and start to change. You can't do it on your own. You need to spend time in prayer, fasting, God's word, cry out to him and say, God, change me so that I can change my church so that I can change the world. Garth Heckman, David Alliance, keep slaying giants.